A conservative MP from Alberta has issued a statement of regret for the role that he played or perhaps didn't play in Stephen Harper's government as the conservatives of the day brought forward some very controversial and divisive policies that frankly, targeted Canada's Muslim community. Tim Upple was the Minister for Multiculturalism at the time. He was actually the point man during the effort to ban the wearing of niqabs while people were taking the oath of citizenship. Uh, Mr. Upple joins us now to talk more about his statement that he released on the weekend. Mr. Upple, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. Yes, good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, So, for those who haven't seen the Facebook post, just uh, summarize the statement that you gave and um, what what you had to, to say to Canadians over the weekend. Um, for me, it really was that, you know, um, this past week, so many of us have been thinking about the, the family, the, the terrorist attack that happened in London. And um, and, and a part of those conversations I was having with a, a number of people from the Muslim community um, and reaching out to them and, and, you know, having conversations about how can we make all Canadians feel safe, all Canadians should feel that they belong, um, really made me think that, you know, um, I was a part, um, and I was Minister of State at the time, of a policy um, in back in 2015 of, of banning the uh, niqab from citizenship ceremonies, and um, and while at the time it was focused on the sort of the mechanics of, of the policy that the, the you know the niqab would be removed for or, or everyone should show their face for about 30 right. seconds during the, the ceremony. Um, it was after when when my left was outside of politics, you know, 2015, when we lost the election, I lost my seat. I was doing other things and talking to other Canadians. And there, um, talked to so many people who who agreed with the government on so many things, that talk, agreed with the direction we had on, on economic policies, on justice issues, international issues, and, and but felt like, you know, they were being alienated by us. So mm-hmm. they could agree with us on our policies, but but felt like, well, you don't like us. Right. And, and, and especially from, you know, the, uh, from Muslim community, uh, Canadian Muslims. And so um, and part of that was um, that niqab policy. And it wasn't necessarily the policy itself, but was the rhetoric and the, the national debate that it sparked afterwards. And I, and, I, and I really felt like for me to be honest with people that I'm reaching out to after such a, a, a tragedy um, that's happened, that I, I also need to be open and transparent about my role in that. Uh, do you think there's a straight line um, between, well, let's call it, I, I don't know, uh, you know, policy that targets a specific community or something like that? And as you point out, the rhetoric was very heated around that, and a lot of it coming from, um, you know, the government. So when you have state-sponsored policy and that kind of rhetoric, do you think there's a straight line that something starts there and eventually it can fester and continue to grow until we see the kind of, you know, increase in hate crimes and violent crimes that we've seen targeting Muslims. Do you think there's a correlation there? You know, what I think there is a correlation to is the fact that policies like that and, and, and you know, the aftermath of, of, of the debate and, and the rhetoric does lead to um, misunderstanding. It does lead to casting a shadow over um, community, it, it leads to stereotyping. And, and, and in this case, you know, would lead to Islamophobia. Um, and, and I, and I, you know, and, and that's wrong. And, and, and um, you know, I, I feel that I should have uh, used my seat at the table at the time um, to push back against it. I've been somebody that has been very outspoken against anti-Semitism, um, racism of all kind. And so um, this is something that uh, I, I felt that I, um, you know, if, if not then, at least. Back that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. 
ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Be open about it now. Uh, I want to ask you a bit about your your frame of mind going back to 2015 because it's interesting to me. Um, you know the Nakab ban and and the snitch line and all the other sorts of things that we talked about. A lot of people say that's as you mentioned that that's why the Conservatives may well have lost that election because um, just people were really turned off by that kind of behavior and rhetoric. Um, as a visible minority yourself at that time in 2015, how did you not recognize that these positions were? divisive, if not xenophobic and Islamophobic. Yeah, I mean, I guess some of it has to do with sort of the, the political climate at the time. These are, um, so the Nagab ban separately, I think the the, the, the the barbaric cultural practices thing is something that we all actually, it didn't come through a cabinet process. It was announced right. during um, the election itself. Um, and, and so I had less to do with that. But on the Nakab, that, that's something that you know um, there was consultation done on it at the at the time. It felt like they, that something needed to be done. I would look back now and say, okay, I don't know if we actually needed a policy on that. Um, you know, maybe we should look at the data of how many people were actually wearing Nakab but going through such a ceremony. Was it needed? Um, and so, but when you're you know kind of in that bubble and you think that something needs to be done, it needs to be addressed. This is probably the most fair way to do it. Um, and you know. You come forward with policy, and, and let's be honest. At the time, it was very popular, um, and and so the um, you know the support it, it got a lot of support, and so um, you feel like okay, we're doing the right thing, and so you know, and, and it takes, um, like I said, start, when you start mm-hmm. talking to more people who especially come forward and say, listen, we agree with so much what you're saying. You know, we many people would say if it wasn't for how we felt like you were treating us. Um, or, you know, how you were alienating us, you, they'd be a card-carrying conservative. Right. And so, and so I felt like, okay, so we're, you know, uh, for me, being a conservative is not what you look like. It really is about your ideas and your thoughts and, and how you think that, you know, the country should be run. And so, um, and the policies that we bring forward. So that's why I want to say, okay, let's get back to that. That's what we, that's what we should be focused on. And Aaron O'Toole, the night that he won the leadership race, it's one of the very first things that he said that, he wants the Conservative Party to reflect all of Canada, that and more and more people should be able to look in the mirror and say, yes, I'm a Conservative. And for us to be able to do that, I thought it was important that, you know, because I was a spokesperson for this policy, that, that I, I'd be upfront about it. And, and the thing is, I've been having these conversations in private with many people um, all along. It's not like I just came up to this, you right. know, uh, came up with this now. I've been having these conversations and talking to people, but I felt like, you know, for me to be an elected official, I wanted to be transparent with uh, my supporters, you know, my, my voters in my riding and, and, and all Canadians, that uh, this is how I feel about it. A couple of other questions, just uh, based on the reaction that we have seen following your Facebook post. And I, one of them is kind of interesting to me. A lot of people saying, well, did you not recognize at the time you were somewhat being used? Uh, you were a bit of a political pawn because, um, you know, just based on your appearance alone, the response from the Conservative Party is, well, how can we possibly be xenophobic? How can we possibly be racist? Look at the guy who's leading this file. Do you feel there's any credence to that? Do you think you were chosen to be the point man on this file because of the way that you look? I think it's easy to look back at that and say, well, you know, he's got a turban, so of course that's why he was there. But 
I'm, I'm one that, um, you know, I was involved in the debate and the policy early on. Um, I was actually Minister of State for Multiculturalism mm-hmm. well before this came up. Um, so, no, I don't, I don't think that. Um, I, I think um, I, I should have, I am saying, you know, myself, that um, I should have looked at it more critically and, and, and used my own personal experiences and said, you know what, I, could, that I, I should have at the time had seen that the, the, the trouble that this could have caused. Um, I could not have predicted that this would become a national debate. Um, and, and, um, and frankly, there was an announcement and then nothing was discussed for months. Um, it didn't even come up. It really was, you know, a one-day news story. And then there was other events that came up that made this into a, a very large debate. So um, I, I think it's, uh, it, at the time, it's sometimes hard to predict the future. But looking back, I think uh, um, I, I, I could have spoken out more. So the the promise that you made in your post is this won't happen again. And you'll be a voice for unity and recognition of all cultures and, you know, races and religions and all the rest of those sorts of things. So what's the plan? Um, what what do you commit to doing going forward should the Conservatives find themselves in power again following the next election? Yeah, and so this isn't just me. I mean, I, um, you know, have had very good conversations with our leader, Aaron O'Toole, and other members of our team, um, and, and we feel that, you know, um, let's focus on what's important to Canadians and, and focus on policies that unite us as mm-hmm. Canadians. So let's, you know, focus on um, getting through this pandemic, on the recovery, the economic situation, um, you know, our issues within the justice system. So there's so many things that we that we should be focusing on. And side issues like that is just something that, you know, we don't need to address. Uh, I'm just going to put one last one to you because it's coming in from a lot of listeners. And, uh, and I'm sure you've heard it before. Um, this is just political opportunism. We have an election coming up this fall and there's some reputational repair that needs to be done. Um, and that's what Mr. Upple's doing now. How would you respond to those allegations? Well, I mean, for them, it, the fact is, in politics, anytime you do something like this, um, you get the good and the bad. And, and like you said, you looked at my Facebook post, the, the comments afterwards. Um, <laughs> I knew it that comes with the territory, this. right? It comes with the territory, right? So people are, 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 you know, there's those that are saying, well, he has apologized. I'm never going to support him again. You should never back down and, and that kind of thing. And then there's, you know, some that appreciate it. And, and many others who say, hey, too little, too late. So I get it. I, I understand that. Um, but for me, I felt that it was an important thing to do. Mr. Uppel, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Shane. That is Tim Uppel, who is the MP for Edmonton Millwoods.